a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome to this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Cressman. Today we're going to talk about our heart health, but more in particular about a term you've heard before probably. It's called hypertension. Why is it so important for us to understand it, to recognize it, to prevent it, if possible, to seek treatment? And there is a coalition that we want to share information about with us as well called the Millions Hearts Coalition. We'll talk more about that. First, let me introduce to you our guest. Dr. Barry Stoltz is the co-director of the Hypertension Clinic at the University of Utah Medical Center. Dr. Stoltz, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. It's nice to have someone who understands the heart deeply joining us in studio. We also have with us Annie McKinney. She's with the Salt Lake County Health Department. And as part of your role in the health department, you're with the Million Hearts Coalition. Yes, that's right. So what is the Million Hearts Coalition? So the Million Hearts Coalition is put together through the CDC. And we have a chapter here in Utah. And we work together with health departments and with doctors and with pharmacists and anyone that can help you with your heart. We all work together as a team to make sure that um, we're addressing hypertension, blood control, and and health. It takes a team of yes. individuals who have touch points and patients' lives to understand the importance. Kelly Robinson is with the Million Hearts Coalition as well. So, Kelly, tell me a little bit about some of the information. What do we most need to understand about hypertension in our community? Why is it so important for the Salt Lake County and the state of Utah to have a better understanding of it? Well, sometimes I think we're tired of hearing it, but it's the number one cause of death. Um, you, heart Annie, disease. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dr. Stoltz, all of us in this room have probably had close loved ones who've passed away from heart disease of some sort, strokes, heart attacks. It's, it affects every single one of us. So um, like I said, it's, it's maybe not the sexiest disease, um, but one of the things the Million Hearts Coalition came together to look at why is this happening? What's where are some of our limitations and why? what can we do as a community? And we did an assessment of area clinics and found that kind of alarming to some of us, um, your blood pressure isn't always taken correctly every time you go. Um, so it's not something that a, a lot of pressure gets put on the doctor's. Um, and our clinics and to do everything right. So we're looking at this in a couple different ways. We're looking at increasing the accuracy in the clinics and giving them the time and support and equipment they need to do a, a good job of looking at blood pressure. And we're also looking to each other to start understanding what our risks are, to start um rechecking our blood pressure and to understand what the numbers mean and and make sure we're checking our pressure right. Well, just hearing that uh, actually kind of unnerves me a bit because I've got a father who is monitoring his blood pressure on a daily basis. So the fact that we actually have incorrect readings, Dr. Stoltz, at at clinics, do we know why? Is it equipment-based? So incorrect readings in clinic are the rule, not the exception. Okay. Not the exception. 
And the United States Preventive Services Task Force this past year in November of 2015 pointed out that somewhere between 20 and 65 percent of diagnoses of hypertension are made incorrectly. And there's two reasons that they're made incorrectly. The first is inaccurate blood pressure measurement in the clinic, the rule, not the exception. And the second is that probably one out of three patients with elevated blood pressure in the clinic has normal blood pressure out of the clinic. In other words, the stress of coming into a medical situation may increase the blood pressure? Absolutely. This has long been termed white coat hypertension, white coat elevations of blood pressure. The other name used is isolated office hypertension. And for those two reasons, the Million Hearts Coalition here in Utah decided that we needed to focus first on improving the accuracy of clinic blood pressure measurement, but also pointing out that the new national as well as international guidelines on on hypertension suggest that hypertension to make an accurate diagnosis requires out-of-office blood pressure measurement. I'll just say that because it's brand new information. And it's interesting because she, you know, Kelly did a beautiful job saying, let's remind ourselves, number one, is it might not be sexy, but heart disease is the number one killer of men and women. And it's so something that we need to understand. And hypertension is a signal or a symptom, right, that things are not necessarily, if it's a correct diagnosis. There are many risk factors Mm -hmm. for atherosclerotic uh, cardiovascular disease. But the leading contributor to atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease is high blood pressure or hypertension. What is the first word you just said? Arthur? Atherosclerotic. Does that mean clogged? Something's yeah, it clogged? means okay. clogged arteries. Okay. And that's clogged arteries are what cause uh, almost all strokes and almost all heart attacks. Okay. So we need to understand the importance of monitoring our hearts rather than relying on what could be a false indication in a clinic, learning to do it safely and in an environment within our home. Is that the correct message then? Anna? Yes, that's exactly what we're, we want patients to feel empowered and we want patients to know what is correct so that you can go into have your blood pressure taken. And if it's not correct, be able to say, hey, you know what? I think we need to look at that again. Can we do it this way? So what we did as a Utah Million Hearts Coalition is we put a website together and it is called checkmypressure.org. And if you go there, it will walk you through and you can take a quick survey and it'll walk you through the last time you went to the doctor and had your blood pressure taken. And it gives you some tips of what should have been done. So, for example, before you have your blood pressure taken... 30 minutes before, you shouldn't use tobacco and you shouldn't exercise because those two things can um, raise your blood pressure for a certain time. Of course, exercise is good for your heart, but if you do it right before you have your blood pressure taken, it can falsely elevate it for a minute. So another thing we are will show you there is that you need to empty your bladder before you have your blood pressure taken. Um Extra liquids in your body could have an influence on hypertension? Yes, it can, it or, can falsely raise. Or your raise. blood pressure. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, you shouldn't be sitting on the exam table. You should be sitting on a chair with your feet on the floor and your back supported. 
Your arms. Is that be because supported. if you're up on the table, you're compressing uh, any of the arteries in your? In no. Your body? So there are a number of factors that uh, falsely elevate blood pressure. And so Annie's mentioned several of them, but we quickly will try to summarize for patients and for physicians. Again, as Annie noted, patients need to rest five minutes quietly, seated on a chair, back supported, feet flat on the floor. Uh, During the blood pressure measurement, no one should be talking. And we did a study at the University of Utah a while back that found that 70% of blood pressure measurements we're done with the patient or the provider talking during the measurement. Falsely elevates the blood pressure. If the measurement is elevated above goal blood pressure, then a total of three measurements should be taken one minute apart. The first measurement not considered because it's frequently 18 to 35 percent of the time falsely elevated. And the second two measurements, when averaged together, will be within the normal range. And again, the problem with this approach is to take three blood pressure measurements accurately requires a five-minute rest and eight to 11 minutes. That's not done in any clinics anywhere. It is sobering information, but empowering on the other side, number one. Okay, because we know we have issues with hypertension. We'll talk a little bit more about those, uh, not only the risk factors, the symptoms, and why we need to pay attention to those blood pressure levels, but we also want to have that those tools in hand to know, like, okay, this is how I can measure it accurately. This is how I can control, to the best of, of my abilities, uh, my heart health. So no exercise within 30 minutes of getting that blood pressure. Every time we go into a clinic, it absolutely does feel like the nurse's aid or the nurse is in a hurry. And I, I think we're kind of rushed right through. That blood pressure cuff is wrapped right on. They're talking to you. Foom, foom, foom. It's gone and in the room. It, it feels like it happens within about two minutes and we're back. So that's why we're seeing some of those false readings as well. So tell me the website address again. It is checkmypressure.org. Okay. And so those have some of those identifying things that Dr. Stoltz added sitting in a chair with your feet flat. It'll it'll walk you through all that. And it also, there's some resources there and it will pull up some information where you can print it off if you want to and have that so that when you go in, you make sure you're following that protocol. Uh, It also gives um, information about what a normal blood pressure is. So if you're not quite sure, if you don't know what your blood pressure is and you don't know what it should be, there's information there that tells you here's what a normal blood pressure where, you know, and there's different conditions that might vary. But for the general population, we kind of give information on that. Um, and in, in the beginning, you mentioned that it's important for not only uh, our clinics to be educated on how to give more accurate uh, measurements of blood pressure for patients our individuals to be educated as well. Uh, but you mentioned pharmacists. Is that because, Kelly, you see that out of a lot of pharmacies, you see the blood pressure kind of cuff on the corner? Or tell me more about the role of why it would be important for pharmacists to be involved in that education. Well, I think a lot of us um, are afraid to speak up and tell our doctors or um, MAs, um, aren't my feet supposed to be fat, flat on the floor? I don't want to tell them how to do their job. So a lot of us will turn to places like the pharmacy to get our blood pressure done. And um, as Dr. Stoltz points out, uh, about, what was it, Dr. So like 50%? Yeah, so, so 
it always seems as if it's more convenient to have your blood mm-hmm. pressure measured in the grocery store or in the pharmacy. Uh, we know that there are about one million measurements done every day in the United States in pharmacies or in grocery stores. However, studies have demonstrated that about 50% of those measurements are misleading, either falsely high or falsely low, and so the patient misinterprets. The reasons for that are several. Patients often don't rest for a couple of minutes before they get their blood pressure measured there. But in addition, 50% of Americans require a large adult blood pressure cuff, not a regular adult cuff. And if the cuff is too small, the blood pressure is falsely elevated. There is only one company that makes a blood pressure cuff uh, in the grocery stores or pharmacies in what we call kiosks uh, that adjusts to the arm circumference, to how big the arm is. And as a result, unless you happen to go to those kiosks where the validated machine is placed, uh, you're not going to get an accurate measurement. Okay, so go ahead, Kelly. But one of the um, things we've done, because, again, you know, we keep hearing about this isn't right, this isn't accurate, so what am I supposed to do? Um, You know, yes, learn to speak up. You Learn to ask for it to be done right. I know, um, I... I know like I personally had a time when my blood pressure started raising and I had to stop and say, hey, wait, I need you to do that right. You know, I've, I've been wondering, it's been a little high. Will you will you redo that? Um, but then also on the checkmypressure.org site, there is a link to all of the validated kiosks that have the Blood pressure cuff that Dr. Stoltz is That's talking expandable. about. Because uh-huh. we need to have somewhere, be empowered, have somewhere we can go and feel comfortable that, you know, this is done accurately. So that's what we tried to create. May more I ask, resources. you know, as we try to seek out more information, for those who've just joined us, we are talking in large part about hypertension. And, and we do have a high prevalence of hypertension, not only in the state of Utah, but in the country. And as uh, Dr. Stoltz had mentioned, uh, it is... Um, shall I say, a symptom, a leading symptom of possible heart disease? Uh, I would not call it a symptom. We call blood pressure or hypertension when it's elevated the silent killer. Thank you. Because blood pressure causes no symptoms. You don't know that it's elevated unless it's measured and measured accurately. Appreciate that very much. I can remember when I had... um, a diagnosis of preeclampsia when I was pregnant. And I did have, for my first time, I have very low blood pressure. So for the first time, I was experiencing elevated blood pressure. Didn't know what that what it meant. I, meant, I remember feeling a little fuzzy, a little dizzy, a little lightheaded. And when I explained that to my physician, that's what triggered the next question. I didn't know what that meant. The physician knew what that meant and then looked uh, carefully as we monitor it. So here's my specific question. There are more and more blood pressure monitoring kits that people can order and then conduct blood pressure checks at home. How can we know which kits would be the best calibrated, the most accurate um, for us to use at home use? Because it sounds to me that we want to have a consistent measurement in a controlled environment to be able to have a good idea of where our blood pressure is on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So those are great questions. And home blood pressure monitoring turns out to be much more complicated 
than people would think. The first is that you need to have a device which has been validated for accuracy by one of the three international protocols that do that. Not all companies spend the money to have those cuffs validated for accuracy. And so it is very important that clinicians teach their patients where to get a validated device and what companies are making validated devices. There are lists available. Uh, the one that we currently like is at the website www.medeval.com, or actually .org, mm-hmm. I should say. And one can find a list of validated blood pressure cuffs there, both home cuffs, office cuffs, what we call 24-hour ambulatory blood pressure monitoring uh, equipment, All of the stuff that has been validated has been placed online by an international consensus group. Medeval, M-E-D-E-V-A-L dot O-R-G. Yes. That's fantastic information. And there's a link to it on checkmypressure.org also. Okay. So you can go there and find it. What is, on average, a healthy blood pressure? Because there's a lot of variation. What should we know about what our target area is and when we're leaving the healthy zone? Well... What a normal blood pressure is uh, has been variably defined internationally. And as new studies come out, there is increasingly increasing uncertainty about what optimal blood pressure should be. But it also depends on how blood pressure is measured. If blood pressure is measured manually or automatically on an observed patient in the office using excellent technique, We say that the threshold to diagnose hypertension is 140 over 90. 140 over 90 and higher, hypertension. But if you measure blood pressure in a different way or in a different place, the thresholds to diagnose hypertension are different. Million Hearts, uh, uh, with Kelly and Annie, is pushing the use of what we call automated office blood pressure measurement. These are validated devices that automatically measure and average three to six blood pressures at one-minute intervals. And because it can be measured in that way automatically, we can also measure those blood pressures with the patient isolated in the examination room entirely alone, no one in that room. And what that accomplishes is not only do you get an automated measurement, which is going to eliminate many of the technical errors of blood pressure measurement, you eliminate about 80% of this white coat effect where the blood pressure is falsely elevated because of stress. And so the Million Hearts Coalition is trying to get uh, clinics around the state to uh, purchase these validated automated blood pressure measurements, and Kelly and Annie can tell you more about what, uh, what, what we're doing there. And, and where do we get more information about these automated? And are we empowered as a patient to ask our clinician to, to look into that as well? I don't know that you'd even have to ask because what they would do is if you have a high reading, they would, they would set you, you'd be alone, which never happens to me, it seems like when I go to the office. But the 
the medical assistant or the physician can go off and do whatever they have to do. And then you would be alone in the, in a room set up and it would take a few more readings, at least two more readings. And then, then it would average them. And then they would come back and tell you, okay, so your true blood pressure is an average of these last two readings. And this is what it is. Um, and we do what we're doing. Um, another one of our partners um, is Inner Mountain Health Center, too. And um, we are reaching out with them, with the University of Utah, with all these different partners to try to get funding because, you know, these clinics have to decide where to allocate their money. So we're trying to also get more money to give to these clinics to purchase these machines. So they can have the technology that's the most efficient mm-hmm. and the most effective for treating the patients who have such trust that when they come through the doors of a clinic, they're going to get the most accurate. And that's what my assumption would be. And, and so it's good for us to know it's not going to be accurate unless it's done correctly. And we can get the information on how it should be done so we can know whether it's correct or not. We have just a few minutes left. And I wanted to make sure that besides talking about um, accuracy with blood pressure, because it's so prevalent Do we know of things that we can do to prevent hypertension? Go ahead, Annie. Um, So another thing that that we really want to get out there is quitting smoking. So um, we talk about in hypertension the ABCSs, and um, A is aspirin as prescribed. If your doctor has prescribed you aspirin to control your hypertension, then that is something that you would um, look at. And then B, meaning blood pressure control, knowing what your numbers are. Uh, C, cholesterol uh, control, having your cholesterol numbers, knowing those numbers too. And then the S is uh, smoking cessation. So smoking is going to elevate your blood pressure each time you smoke. So that's something that you have control of. Um, Exercising is something that you also have control of. You don't have to go out and work out for an hour running. You can go out and walk around your block. You can go dance. You can go skiing. You can go sledding. Just get moving. So exercise you can control. And then eating a healthy diet. Um, having a variety of foods on your plate. Those, those things are all very important. And uh, if you do have high blood pressure, making sure that you're looking for those low-sodium foods. Mm-hmm. Which is tough to do if you're buying anything that has been prepared by someone else other than in your kitchen. Dr. Stoltz, is it possible to reverse hypertension to bring blood pressure levels down? Well, there are multiple contributors to hypertension. First of all, age. One-third of adult Americans now have hypertension. But two-thirds of adult Americans age 65 and over have hypertension. You know, I have a question about that. I've heard in the past that in other countries, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Uh, and let me come to that. And if you're fortunate enough, or as I sometimes look at it, unfortunate enough to live to be 90, mm-hmm. 90% of us will be hypertensive. Mm-hmm. So age is an important contributor. Uh, as Kelly points out, if we look at uh, primitive societies where they don't eat what we eat, where they have to work uh, very hard and exercise a lot, and whether where there is no sodium, uh, blood pressure does not rise with age. And so we look at the contributors of 
too much weight, too much sodium, too little potassium, and by too little potassium I mean too few fruits and vegetables, uh, too little exercise, all of those, too much alcohol, all of those things contribute to the development of hypertension. And so it's a multifactorial uh, things. And then genetics, genetics fits in. It's interesting as you brought that up about mm-hmm. primitive um, uh, um, societies that are more active throughout mm-hmm. their life and eating healthily. I remember seeing a study that talked about Logan, Utah, being a pocket of, is it centenarians, those who were more likely to live over the age of 100. And over and over again, they were still actively gardening and moving. They were active. And that that role of eating from the garden, moving in the garden, was life-sustaining. And we have become quite a sedentary society. And so to reverse that, one-third of Americans have hypertension. One-third of adult Americans are hypertensive currently. And anyone over the age of 65, two-thirds are hypertensive. And over 90. So we, we have a lot that we can accomplish together individually as well. And we'll start again with having a better understanding of how to measure our blood pressure correctly so that we can then start implementing the changes we need to lower that blood pressure and change your lifestyle when possible. To have just another minute for us. So Kelly, the best resource for us as we are looking for more information on our blood pressures, uh, where, where would you recommend that we go? Um, of course, I want to recommend our checkmypressure.org. We tried to make it simple. We tried to give really realistic um, resources for out there for people who, you know, you you know your husband, and you know he's you, he needs to make sure he's checking it and checking it right, and so you can ve- you can verify that. And then, from us, from a health department point of view, we see it as our job to be really helping these clinics to get it right. And then, so you do your job and help your family and yourself get it right and take care of yourself, and we'll try to do our job in helping these clinics. Get more accurate readings, and all. We know everyone wants to do the right thing too, um, so you know it's it's a matter of trying to help people with resources and easy and simple. And I think everyone understands too that there have been pressures um, on medical clinics to get more patients through more quickly in order to achieve goals that are in place, and that makes it difficult for often for clinicians to provide the quality of care that they might dream to provide. Kelly Robinson with the Million Hearts Coalition and the Salt Lake County Health Department. Annie McKinnon, again, a member of the Million Hearts Coalition. With the website again, check your blood pressure. Uh, Checkmypressure.org. Checkmypressure.org with more ideas and resources as well. Dr. Barry Stoltz, the co-director of Hypertension Clinic at the University of Utah Medical Center. Thank you so much for all your information. And we hope to not have to walk through the doors of the hypertension uh, center at the University of Utah. But if so, it'll be good to be in your hands. So, Dr. We're always willing to see you. Thank you. Million hearts. Thanks for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum.